Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a very special episode of Somos Mas. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff. Joining me this evening, we have the one and only Jacob Carroll and baby Somos Mas herself, baby Maggie. Maggie is, of course, guest hosting with us this evening, <laughs> at least temporarily. Uh, so do show your love in the chat for baby Maggie. Um, and before we do get into this week's show, we do want to wish a belated happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And of course, to Allie, of course, uh, on baby number four. So congratulations, Allie. Um, and congratulations to all the moms out there. My sister is expecting. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, so congratulations to her. We'll be finding out here shortly what the baby is. So uh, I've been poking and prodding, trying to get hints, but they have not revealed <laughs> a single thing. So they already know? They know, yeah. They went. They did some uh, genetic testing and <clears> things, <throat> and so they know. They've known for quite a while, um, but yeah, they're not telling anybody. They're planning on doing a reveal here in a few weeks. So, you know, I keep, I keep trying. <laughs> Harry over in the chat already. Hello, baby. Someone's <laughs> boss. Baby boss has replaced T Burl. That is an improvement. I, I think we can all agree with that. And, uh, <laughs> and congratulations to my sister. Thank you, Harry. Appreciate you as always. So. Guys, thank you so much for being here as you are each and every week. We are back with another full edition of the show. Last time you heard from us, we did a instant reaction uh, to the away match last week, and, or to the Austin match, I should say. Mm-hmm. And uh, since then, we've had another league match. United, New Mexico United, obviously, winners over the weekend with a 2-1 victory over uh, Monterey Bay and the revenge match from earlier this season. And, uh, I mean, Jacob, let's just get right into it, man. What, what was your initial takeaway from Saturday evening's match? I, they, that was like the most complete game, uh, offensively, especially that we've seen all season for sure. I would say, um, you get, you get two goals kind of created in drastically different ways. Uh, one coming from a, a cross, um, a long ball and then a cross and then a shot and then a rebound. And then the other one was from kind of play through the middle and a nice little chip up and over to Amando with, and then Amando with a, a crazy back heel to back to Sergio who, who I had not realized this it has now scored in, three straight USL championship mm-hmm. games. Um, and, and so you just look at everything that we were able to, and that was down a man uh, at that point. So you look at everything we were able to accomplish offensively and it's like, okay, there we go. And then defensively, I thought we played really well too. And I feel like we've had terrible luck with deflections and, and just weird thing like that ball. It took a deflection on the shot, but then it also, if you watch closely in the buildup, it takes a deflection to even fall to, um, oh, the, the gentleman who ended up scoring it. I mean, it was on a, uh, an attempted cross that gets ping ponged around and then ends up falling straight to the feet of the guy that scored, who takes a couple touches and then shoots, takes a nasty deflection and and beats Tim Bacchus. And so you take away that, you take away an old go- own goal a couple weeks ago. Uh, there was another nasty deflection. Um, in fact, I think we've had two own goals mm-hmm. uh, this season, which is more than I think we've had like in our existence. Uh, well, and no, then, <clears throat> I have to go back and look, but I think we've had at least two. We, I, I'm sure we have, but it just 
we've had like maybe two or three or maybe four over the first four years. And I think we've already had two this year. So we've just had some unlucky breaks through all that. And then, but you, but you look at it and see more with the incredible goal line clearance um, in the first half to, to keep it. I think we had scored by that point. So to keep it one nil. And I mean, just, just crazy, crazy good, uh, play on both sides of the ball. And I, I mentioned it. I mean, I, I obviously predicted like four nothing. And so I was wrong, but I did think we were going to come out hot for, for revenge against uh, the Monterey B team, Monterey Bay team that, that kind of took it to us um, in Monterey Bay. And, and look, just talk about a turnaround between those two matches. I mean, that Monterey Bay match was ugly mm-hmm. in Monterey Bay. And then we were able to come around and, and just completely turn that around with a dominant offensive and defensive performance. It just, it was, it was awesome. And then obviously Wagner getting his first goal in the USL championship in front of the, the curse there. I mean, just what more could you ask for there? Yeah, I completely agree. It really was one of our better performances, despite being down to 10 men. And even at that point, I mean, defensively we played well, we didn't really give up a number, any number, any significant number of opportunities. We didn't give up clean opportunities. Um, like you mentioned, the one goal that Monterey Bay had was came off two deflections. Um, you, you, and that was something that I saw as well when I went back and I watched that highlight because I saw it live um, and watched it. I was like, okay, that looked funny. And sure enough, if you go back and look at it and you see, okay, yeah, there's a deflection. <laughs> now, I'm not sure if they were trying to cross it or if they were trying to shoot. But, yeah, it took a deflection, fell to Robillard, who then, you know, took a shot. And I think it went off of uh, went off Justin at that point. I think it was either Justin or uh, or Will. Might have been yeah. Will. I think it was Will, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah, it took a, a funky deflection, went back off to Alex's right. And so you could see you know, Alex just like he tried, but there's really nothing he could have done because how it came off of Will, you know. But yeah, looking at that match as a whole, like it really was one of the best play matches that we've had. Uh, offensively, we looked really well. We looked so much better than we did against Austin FC. And we looked so much better than we did in even in the RGV match, uh, which I know we were fortunate to pull a draw on one, but like we would look crisp. We looked like we were making our passes, we were making our runs. You could see the thought process of the guys, you could mm-hmm. see them picking out the points that they wanted to go to. And, you know, you look at that first goal there from Alex. I mean, uh, just tremendous effort all around on that one. Number one, you get Suggsy out on the left with the cross, <clears throat> which yeah. I, which we all thought was clearly going out, 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 out of touch, you know. Mm. You look at that tremendous play by, by Josh Suggs to get that. Somebody, somebody's back. been watching Ted Lasso. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I have. I have a free trial right now at Apple Plus. Mm. So I've been watching. I'm bound season three right now. Are you caught up, caught up, or just no? They just they, I ju- they just signed Zaba. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, nice. so I'm right there. I'm, I was episode two. Season you two. mean Zlatan? Yeah, Zlatan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just signed Zlatan. Um, so yeah, no, I'm definitely catching up on that. Um, I'm disappointed. This is maybe the last season. I'm really I have not. I have not let myself think about if it's going to be the last season or not. I haven't looked at anything. Mm-hmm. I have no. I know nothing. I'm going to keep thinking that it's going to go on forever, even if it doesn't. <laughs> I sincerely hope so. I, I I truly do. I know there's someone on a plane at this moment who is, who has mentioned that it was even recommended to them that they start watching it as well. So um, maybe that's something we get into again at some point. Maybe we do a, a Ted Lasso watch along or something. Um, I'd, I've I'd be down because I've seen 
I've seen the first two seasons twice, mm-hmm. and I'm all caught up on the third season. So it's it's one of the best shows in television. It, I cry almost it, every episode, and I laugh phenomenal. hysterically almost every episode. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It's a phenomenal <laughs> show. The writing's fantastic. The acting's fantastic. Um, so yeah, maybe that's something we do here at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, fantastic touch by Suggs. The Amando. Like, where's Amando? Where's this Amando Moreno then? Like, the him pulling down that ball, turning and falling down, getting a shot off. Mm. I mean, this is <clears throat> confident looking Amando Moreno that we haven't seen. Well, it was all. it was two matches ago against Orange County that I said he looked absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was on April 29th. So in in two weeks, basically, he has figured something out and and looks like a, a, a brand new man because both the back heel for the assist on the Rivas goal and then the touch that he had to bring down that wild cross from Suggs was incredible. Yeah, to bring that down on his right and then pivot to his right, like mm-hmm. just unbelievable uh, athletic ability by him. <laughs> and it's really a shame that he didn't get an assist on that one there as well, but you know, puts in a left-footed shot on goal, falling falling away, and still gets enough power on it to force a save out of Siaha, you know. And, you know, the, the rebound that obviously falls to, to Wagner, who great realization by him to jump on that ball and then, you know, to be able to, you know, tap it in and get his, you know, first career goal. The <laughs> second time, well, third, I should say, yeah, second time we've seen an academy kid get their first professional goal at the lab because Nava no, did it. Nava's wasn't at the lab. Was it not? I thought it was. No, it was against uh, uh, at UNM during the COVID game. That's right. That's right. It was. Okay. Well, I'm not going to count. <laughs> I'm not going to count that one. Um, but no, I mean, Alex Wagner, in, in the past couple games that he's been out there, you know, he's gotten the opportunity to start and he's looked fantastic. Like he's, he, did you, did you see the clip of him talking after the match? I did. I mean, that is like, I, I tweeted it from our account. I mean, you take that kind of stuff and you just inject it right into my veins because that, that stuff is uh, hearing that stuff from, from a kid from New Mexico. And like, it's crazy to me that he was in middle school when United started, like my brain, doesn't really work that way right now. Yeah. But uh it's like holy cow you were, huh? Um and so to hear him talk about, you know, basically growing up through high school dreaming about that moment was just oh man, it just was incredible. And he actually mentions Mondo in that clip. Mm-hmm. Um and so I've been pretty hard on Mondo Moreno since the injury. Mm-hmm. Uh well, since before the injury since his stint with El Salvador in 20, 2020 or 2021. 2020, yeah. 2020, 2021, somewhere in there. Uh, it's 2021. I think it was since then I've been pretty hard or since, yeah, since his stint with El Salvador, I've been pretty hard on him. And, um, and, and I, I said it on a comment, I believe in New Mexico, United nation. Like if, if he, if he can't perform like at the level that he's starting to perform now, and Santi doesn't figure things out and start performing better, then we're not. We'll make. We might make the playoffs. We'll. 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 We will. We will make the playoffs, but we're not going to do anything in there. But if we get a 
a confident in form Amando Moreno and a confident in form and then you throw in I don't know if it's my internet or your internet, but things are going to yours. It probably is. Uh, we've got a rainstorm coming in. So. Mm, that would do it. Uh, um, but it's a combination of Hurst, Doling, and and uh, Hurst, Doling, and, and Wagner up top, um, then then the offense is going to be potent. And, and I didn't even mention Weehan or Bruce or Harry or Suggs. Um, and so, yeah, bees who didn't play at all again when uh Saturday night, yeah. um, he did play Wednesday night at Austin, but he didn't play Saturday, so maybe that injury still at least. a little bit, yeah, he was. Um, and so, yeah, I think, uh, I think we can we can hope that they find their form and really turn around. And the offense does seem to be coming together even without them all being fully informed, so. Um, it's it's promising for sure. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that Santi is. I wouldn't necessarily say he's in a bad run of form. He just hasn't been able to make any anything out of his efforts yet. So he's he's playing well. He's making overlapping right. runs. He's doing the he's doing the things. He's got the movement. He's he's doing what he needs to to create opportunities for himself and for others. But he's just okay. not hitting them yet maggie's going um, by okay baby maggie thank you for joining us we appreciate your guest hosting this evening there she is <laughs> definitely a step up from uh team earl yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no i like you said you know amando moreno he, he's coming around he, he's looking better here the past couple weeks and just his play Saturday night was incredible to watch to, mm-hmm. to see that uh and both those two instances not only that but you know you could see him tracking back you could also see I, I get another thing about Alex Wagner too you could see him tracking back as well and yeah. making effort at the defensive end which is something that what we didn't the, see from Kevon or Brian no, or no. or Nico you know or those guys you know that's that's what 18 year old hunger gets you um and we we have seen it from Hurst and Doling um, on and off uh, throughout their playing time this year, but but Wagner brings a, a definitely a little bit more intensity that of like a Brucey or a Nava, um, you know these younger players that that seem to just go and go and go and go, and so I don't know if Wagner will ever be will be a, a ninety minute player playing at that pace. Um, but when he comes on off the bench, if he's confident and, and playing the best he can, he's going to be dangerous. And then if you start him and he's playing at that pace and you can get, you know, 60 plus minutes out of him, Um, and then you have the ability to put in Hurst or Dolling or, or Weehan or, uh, somebody like that in his place. You, I mean, that's, that's what it's going to take, uh, for 34 plus games of this regular season and playoffs to, to really do something. So I I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing in league play. Uh, the RVGV game was uh, an absolute dud to for the first 90 minutes, but, um, but the fight that we showed in that and, um, and being able to come back, score those two goals and, and, and be able to move on that, 
that says something. I have not been on for that podcast, so uh, I wasn't on for that podcast last week. So just uh, my two cents on it was a ugly ninety minutes followed by um, some miraculous real... two set two minutes. Yeah, but it was like a real, real like belief that they could still do it even going into the 90th minute after playing 90 minutes of just shitty shitty football mm -hmm. um they still thought they could and then that once you get that one goal uh they were like hey like we still got some time let's do this and hell I, they still had time to go get a winner i thought um obviously it didn't work out which is fine I'll, I'll take the point after being down two goals and going into the 90th minute but um i think that I'm not saying it's going to be uh because we have had the Austin game in between now and then, which was uh, ugly um, at times. Um, but you, we might be looking at that those two 90-minute goals against RGV and going, hey, that was the turning point mm -hmm. um, for the offense and the confidence of this team in USL play, uh, which is all we have from now on, which is nice, so we don't have to worry about um, squad rotation for – for open cup and stuff like that. We just get to focus on, on the USL play and, and go from there, which we, we don't have a whole lot of time with Loudon coming up tomorrow night. Um, but we do get 10 days off after that. And so it's, uh, if we can come on strong tomorrow on the road, uh, which we have not played well at so far on the road, uh, this year, mm -hmm. um, I, I think we might turn around and look at that RGV, extra time as as something that is a plays a big factor in in how we do the rest of the season yeah and we'll get to, to loudon here in just a minute because loudon is a really interesting case that you and i have talked about off air and there there's going to be some discussion here about what loudon's doing this year um but yeah looking back again saturday night i mean obviously you know wags and moreno all, both played really well and i just it, and you tweeted it out or, or retweeted it from, you know, the club's account looking at the, the one play in particular, Will Seymour. Like, I don't, can't say enough about Will's performance. I mean, especially, you know, given that, given how tacky that match was being called, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Sam got sent off in the, I think it's the 55th minute, 56th minute for uh, a, a tacky yellow foul if you yellow card if you ask me very um, the first one yes i get it now it's watching that match you look at it and i i'm not happy with how that match is refereed but you have to play within, within how the game is being called i mean sam should have known he just got a yellow he's already on the referee's radar to then go and do something like that yes it was it was a foul. Was it yellow worthy? I don't think so. At least not in my opinion, but given the fact he's already on the referee's mind from two minutes before, like you got to play a little bit softer than that. You just have to. Um, but yeah, just a defensive effort. I mean, Will Seymour's fantastic. And then there's that, that shot that he blocked. Like I, you know, I don't think I've seen a better reaction from somebody on our, on our defensive line yet this year. No, I mean, if if anybody, it's it's been Seymour um, at other occasions. So uh, he definitely he he was he read that play well. Um, even if that one goes in, like say Seymour lunges for it, gets a piece of it, but it still goes in. That would have gone through the legs, 
of the first defender, which I believe was Swartz, mm-hmm. right under the arm of Timbakis, and then off of Seymour into the goal. So a lot of things had to go right for it to even get that far. But Seymour just being in the right place at the right time, reading that play from the get-go, uh, from the moment it goes out to the left hand to Seymour's right hand side there, um, to have the wherewithal to be like, oh, I got to get back uh, to the goal line, and then just being in the right spot at the right time was just tremendous. That's by far the save of the match, uh, probably the save of the year uh, for us so far. And that's saying a lot because uh, Tambakis has come up big in a few moments, but. Uh, but to keep that one nothing at that moment in time, going into halftime with the lead, um, was just huge, 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 huge. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, real quick, Earl has decided to join us in the chat. Earl, how you doing, buddy? Hope you're doing well this evening. Uh, hopefully, you and Marlena are enjoying Earl, uh, your I've time heard, together. I've heard the name Earl. What's who's Earl? Uh, I don't know. He appears to be a little child holding a fish and a possibly a beer. Oh yeah, yeah, and a yeah. cigarette. I know that guy. I know that guy. So, uh, okay. He's from Florida. From Florida. Okay, perfect. Florida man. Florida man. There we go. Uh, Florida man catches record-breaking fish while smoking a cigarette, and holding a beer. Exactly. Perfect. All right. Florida boy. Um, Sorry, Florida boy. Florida boy. Okay, Florida boy. Perfect. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see more. Fantastic effort by him. I mean, and honestly, a guy that another guy that I wanted to shout out. I did not have him as my man of the match, but Kalen Ryden played his ass off on Saturday. Like he really did. Like if you watch some of the efforts effort that Kalen Ryden put in, uh, particularly in the second half, I mean Kalen was everywhere. I mean you, you couldn't turn around without seeing Kalen getting involved. You know, making a clearance, making a you know making a stop. Uh, just uh, you know, and I have my I have plenty of things to say. I was hard on Kalen last year, and you know I saw improvement here at the beginning of this year. But this is to me this is Kalen's performance of the year as well so far. I get I, I know we're early, but. I mean, Kalen and Will at that, at that back were just phenomenal. Yeah. Earl, sorry I wanted to hop on. I'm still driving home from work. I'm I'm trying to find uh, Hamilton's first yellow because mm-hmm. I thought I had a little bit of umbrage with it too. But um, uh, in the meantime, yeah, the Kalen has been solid all season. Definitely, I think better than than last year um but you're you're correct this this uh sorry i'm watching the play and and okay baby brain has been kicking my ass for some reason this <laughs> with this baby and i've sent like multiple emails without attachments i dated my water sample paperwork wrong today I didn't circle what I'm supposed to circle on it when I did my samples yesterday. I've just been all over the place. But I digress. Kalen has been solid, not necessarily fantastic, but solid all season. This was by far his best game. I'm happy to see that because he also is another one that if we want to make a run at anything, um, we're going to need top-notch Kalen uh, back there on that back line. And, and so far, I think he's been like probably a solid B uh, all season. Um, and we can probably get by with him being a B and, and Seymour being a B as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy with that. Um, and, and we did face, I mean, this is, this is a team that kind of made Ryden and Seymour look real bad. Yeah. Um, and last, 
last match. So I think they were probably more geared up than anybody else to come into this match. Mm-hmm. And um, and so to see them perform like they did uh, is is huge. I, I did find the play. I did think it was crap. Um, I don't I don't know if he gets a yellow for the foul. I think he him and him and uh, uh, Dixon kind of go forehead to forehead. Yeah. After the foul, and I think that might have been what drew the yellow card. But Dixon is the one that steps to him, so I don't know. It, I think uh, Sam said something to the referee. I think that's what happened. Maybe that's what it was. But he, because it was a bad call, though. He clearly gets the ball. Yeah. Um. And then goes through, or and then the defender. Um. It's not like he got because you'll see that call where you know you get the ball, but you went through to the defender to get the ball. Mm-hmm. Um. But he clearly gets the ball before he makes any contact with the defender. Um. And so I don't know. I. It was it was a soft yellow. The second one was definitely a soft yellow. Uh, it seemed like um, maybe whatever Sam said at that first argument really really didn't sit well with the ref. Um, and and that second foul probably was like, oh, yep, here's my way to get him out because he was pissed off at him and and uh, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, but, very easily could have been, but yeah, it was like I said, it's a very tacky game call from the referee, and there were some clear opportunities that he could have gone the other way or, you know, shown yellow to, to, to Monterey Bay, a couple different opportunities. And he just did. Now, as someone who referees, someone who who's trying to, you know, improve myself in that area, like I look at this referee and I'm like, why would I want to work for this guy? What could I do to, what could I learn from this guy and how he's calling this game? Because from a game management standpoint, like there were a lot of things that he didn't call. There were a lot of things that he really could have called. Um, but again, the you know, the clubs have to adjust to the way the referee's calling the game. Mm-hmm. And we didn't do a very good job of that, to be honest. Like we didn't. I mean, we saw you saw Zach. I thought Hemi got the, the yellow, to be honest with you. Um, but you see, you know, Zach picked up another yellow. I, I need to go through and see how many yellows Zach has at this point. It's at um, least four. Oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I need to see if he's accumulated enough for, for a suspension. I don't know. The yellow um, card uh, to the bench doesn't have a a name on it for the Monterey Bay match, but um, we'll I'm fairly see. certain it went to Zach as well. But it probably did one, two, three, four, four, five. Seven yellow cards for us in that match compared to two uh, for Monterey Bay, and the second of Monterey Bay's didn't come till the 90th plus two. So little little tilted there yeah yeah I, I you know looking back at this game watching this again probably our our best all-around performance of the year despite being down to 10 men for mm-hmm. over half an hour i think for monterey bay this is going to be one of those matches where they where they look at it and say okay we let this one get out of hand we let this one get away from us we didn't play our game i mean sam gleadle was missing from the 18 I, i'm not sure i didn't see him on yeah, I mean, Monterey Bay didn't provide us an injury report. So I don't know if Gleedle was on there or not, but he clearly wasn't in the 18. And Gleedle was one of the guys that made a huge difference in the first matchup. So, I mean, Voleski was basically shut out of this one. Didn't have a whole lot to do here. And, I mean, really, you look at the rest of the, the team. Uh, Okoli, when he came on, he didn't really have too much to do. Uh I mean, yeah, it's just, this is a, ma- a bit a massive underperformance by Monterey. 
But I also think that this is a performance that we should expect from United. Yeah. So there were real quick, there were, there have been five yellow cards issued to the bench of United um, who those all have went to. I'm not hundred percent sure, but, but there have been five issued to United uh, so far this season. So if they all went to Prince, that's, that's an, that's a suspension. Is it not it uh, seven for a suspension? I believe so. I have to double check. Um, let me see. USL media guide. Um, but as you were, you were saying there, um, fucking baby brain. Um, what were you saying? Oh, yes, yes. I got it. I got it. Gleedle. Um, yeah, Gleedle, obviously missing Gleedle was, was pretty bad or pretty catastrophic for Monterey Bay there. As you mentioned, he did play a huge part in the win. Um, so missing him. And then I know their back line was pretty, pretty tore up, but, um, most of these teams, uh, I mean, you're going to, we deal with, we've dealt with injuries. You know, we've got, we were missing three players for a while there. Now we're missing two of our, our more active players anyways. And so uh, everybody kind of deals with that. And so it, it takes, you got to be able to take advantage of those opportunities when you come up against a team that's injured mm-hmm. uh, or missing players for other reasons. And so, being able to to just dominate that performance uh even down to 10 men for like you said over half an hour is is a huge thing yeah it really is um I, I, yeah just I, just again watching this like i you know, you look at some of the detractors and things that have been said about Zach and the preparation of his team and you then you look at this type of performance you look at the performance at rgv you look at orange county you look at you know the win over phoenix and there's a lot of good things here are there some bad yeah sure but it's not for a lack of preparation it's not for a lack of zach and the the coaching staff you know doing certain things like it's just not i mean you know the and pete said it to uh yesterday on 101.7 it's uh, it, it's you know the, Zach can do everything in his power to get the guys ready, but it's up to them to go out and execute the game plan. Yeah, which is something that we've yelled and screamed from the mountaintop. Yeah, but people don't want to listen. They automatically want to blame the coach every time something goes wrong. Every time we drop a point. Every time we we lose a match, you want to scream and yell and, and blame Zach. Well, and to be fair, the ones that are screaming and yelling uh, and blaming Zach, Cole. Are are the same ones that screamed and yelled about Troy, mm-hmm. and now Troy is the head coach of one of the most distinguished MLS teams uh, ever. So with and two he's, wins, and he's two in and zero in in those matches. So um, say what you want about uh, the coaching performances from the two head coaches for New Mexico United. Um, the one that has left it has moved on to coach new york red bulls uh i mean that's <laughs> i don't know i don't know <laughs> i mean obviously he's not going to go on to coach well i shouldn't say that because i i, I don't want to limit troy but i mean he's not coaching premier league right now but he is he it is it is a step up in talent around him and a step up in gravitas or whatever you want to call it uh despite what we think about mls versus usl um 
And so it's kind of a big deal. And so the guys that are sitting here screaming, um, I, they're, they're just, they're just the type that are always going to be screaming. Yeah, no, they absolutely are. And while we, while we've been going through this conversation here, I was, I went and looked up the media guide. I couldn't find this year's. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I did find the 2022 USL championship media guide. Uh, in 2022, five cautions with a fine, eight cautions for play, uh, okay. is one game suspension and fine. And that's for players and staff. Okay. So he so, might be fined, um, but he's still got a few more to go before he gets suspended. Um, I, I, I have mentioned, I've, I've said Monterey Bay has the best uh, match notes out there. Um, both times we've played them now. And I could have swore there was an injury report on there. And so I had to go look, and there is an injury report. It does have Sam Gleadle out oh, does it? Okay. Uh, with a thigh. Um, and then Alex Lara was out with an ankle. Grant Robinson was out with a leg. Hugh Roberts was out or questionable with a groin, and James Murphy was questionable with a leg. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I wasn't sure. I had to go back and check because I had a, received a question through my email about it because of some pronunciations during the broadcast hmm. on Saturday. And I had to go double check to see if. Monterey Bay had a pronunciation guy because you and I both some of the some clubs don't include them, right? Um, so I went back and double checked, and sure enough, there was a pronunciation. It's right in the middle of their roster. <laughs> yeah, they have. I mean, they have some. That it's great. It, it really does look good. Their their match notes are by far the best. Like I like our match notes, but theirs is like incredible. They have how they acquired every person on their roster on their match notes. Yeah, I like that. They have their whole roster. They've got their whole schedule. They've got a match preview, match information. Uh, they've got starting every starting lineup for the season on there. They've got the injury report. They've got awards and honors. Uh, they have a little blurb about the previous match versus New Mexico, the series matchup all over there, the stats for both or for all the players. Mm-hmm. stat leaders in club highs scoring breakdown they have a box of where all their goals were scored from um i mean it's just it's impeccably done kudos yeah. to to them over there yeah i i enjoy ours you know so david if you're listening um we like monterey's too i i like ours yeah monterey's bays i mean is better I, i'm sorry david but it is <laughs> it's just it's they provide a some really then they have box scores from every match of the they season do. so far. Um, yeah, Monterey's is probably among some of the best in the league. I I have yet to see a better one in the league. Uh in the last how long have we been doing this? Four years. Three years? Four this years. Is our yeah. Fourth year, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I mean, just incredible yeah. stuff there. So yeah, I mean, honestly, for a long time, I thought we were, we had the best pronunciation guide because we had a very clearly designed you know, mm-hmm. pronunciation guide, you know. Mm-hmm. Which and we still were probably does not listen. We were still probably like the most mispronounced names per uh, game. Lesesny. Um I blame Duke Keith. I'm not going to shit on Duke. I like Duke. The <laughs> whoever's <laughs> with. Whoever's with Duke is who I always get annoyed with. Yeah, the girl. Um, yeah. Well, and it's not because it was it's it's the girl sometimes, it's a guy sometimes. But no matter who they get as the color commentator, is boring as fuck. Yeah, I agree with that. But I mean, you can like Duke all you want. I, I know he was a staple here in, in the in the Albuquerque area for for quite a while. But 
I just can't stand listening to him. Like for a guy who calls, who has called games in two very Hispanic cities, like come on, come on, Duke. Like I know you're a white guy like us, but come on, <laughs> we at least attempt to do it, you know. So, um, but yeah, I mean, any final thoughts on the Monterey Bay match before we talk about Loudon? Because I'm interested in getting the Loudon here. Uh, no, just um. Solid all-around performance. Everybody did their job, uh, which is what they're supposed to do. And the attacking players looked like they wanted to attack uh, the midfield, and and honestly, the wingbacks um, looked like they wanted to attack. And so they kept that energy up, even down a man uh, to get ahead by two. I do feel like we kind of set back after we got that second goal um, and allowed that pressure for Monterey Bay. But at the end of the day, we were able to hold on, get the win, uh, and I couldn't be happier with that. And and real quick, um, before we get to the Loudon match, just want to look at uh, a little updated standings here uh, in the Western Conference because I do think it's it's worth noting. Um, you know, us uh, we're we're currently outside of the playoffs in ninth. Um, RGV is behind us um, off of goal differential, I believe, and in tenth because we're sitting both sitting on eleven points. But we only have only played eight matches, uh, which is at least one less than everybody else. And it's two less than a lot of the guys in that two to five range or all the guys in that two to five range. And with that win against Monterey Bay, we are now only two behind Monterey Bay with two matches in hand. So um, we're we're not above that playoff line yet, but I think we're playing way better uh, and we are trending in the right direction. And we do have game matches in hand still. Um and, and that's that's going to be big. At the moment, uh, Sacramento kind of seems like they're going to uh, – well, I would say that they're kind of going to run away with it, but uh, fucking El Paso, dude. Um, yeah. Five in a row, um, looking solid after just an abysmal start to the season, uh, losing their first three or four matches. Mm-hmm three matches they lost their first three then they turn around and they beat loose city uh, and that kind of starts a run there um they have not lost since they uh since those three matches um and they have only one draw in there so they've really turned things around mm-hmm. they're sitting on 19 points tied with san antonio uh who's also sitting on 19 points um then you have san diego at 17 colorado springs at 16 oakland at 14 Monterey Bay at 13, Rising at 13, and us and San uh, RGV at 11. Um, so we're we're right there. Like, there's no real separation. Orange County and Vegas uh, are both, uh, you know, five points behind us um, and have played more matches than us. And so they're, they're, there's a little bit of separation at the very, very bottom. Um, but we're still, I mean, played either, most teams have played nine or ten games. They still have, what? you know, 24, 25 matches to go, mm-hmm. um, not even halfway through the season. So plenty of time to go, but we have seen a little bit of separation there, but that 10 through even four spot uh, is going to be, I, I predict it's going to be pretty jumbled by the end of, of the season. And and so we're really still like, even with the, the whining and complaining and the slow start to the season, like we're, we're not out of hosting a playoff game right now. Um, we're obviously not like a favorite to host a playoff game, but I mean, with, with San Diego loyal, 
they've played 10 matches and sitting on 17 points and they're in that four spot. Theoretically, you know, you win, we win the two matches in hand that we have, we're sitting on 17 points. So, uh, it's, we're, we're right in the thick of it. Um, and I think that's important to not lose sight of, because I think, like, I think I'm even guilty of it sometimes where you just feel like we've been playing crap, like crap. Um, and, and you kind of get down, but then you, you look at the standings and you're like, Oh, actually, you know, it's mm-hmm. really not as bad as, as it seems like. So wanted to shout out the standings there real quick in the East. We don't, I'm not really going to go into anything over there except for, I did have Detroit city last and they are currently in last. And I'm pretty proud of that. Um, um, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting thing over there. Go yeah. ahead real quick. Uh, Charleston is first in the East. They just got demolished. Seven nothing by San Antonio, who is third in the West. So, is it safe to say the West is just far and away better than the East? We've known that. <laughs> We've known that. I mean, top to bottom, the West is better than the East. But yeah, it, I, I think the top. You look at the top three. I'd say top four in the West. They're gonna they're gonna be better than tops. I'd say they're easily better than the top six in the East. Yeah, yeah. I, so. I think I think I'd take. Um, Sacramento and San Antonio uh, over anybody in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, El Paso, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm. Not, I don't. I don't know. I. I think it's fool's gold, but I haven't been watching their games, so it, that could just be me hoping it's fool's gold, um, and that they'll come crashing back to earth here pretty soon. I think a little bit. I think there might be a little <laughs> bit of fool's gold to that because if you look at some of their results, I think. If I remember what I saw correctly, they got a late, late winner against against Loudon. Um, they do that shit though. Yeah, I think it's another late winner against Colorado as well. So, but nonetheless, um, you know they they're up there right now too. They did beat Lou City three nothing at Lou City, so um, Pittsburgh two 0 as well. Yeah, so they've they've got some quality wins there. They. Um, they very well could be uh, as good as as it seems, uh, even though I hope they aren't. And so, uh, you know, they've got a San Diego win in San Diego. They've got a Colorado win in Colorado, even if it was on a, a 74th minute. Um, um, well, it wasn't even the, the winner there because they, yeah. they were up 3-1 at that point and then a late Romario Williams. Yeah. Uh, um, Loudon was an, was an 89th minute goal. Yeah, I knew Loudon was late. Um, yeah. Everything else seems to be pretty, pretty well in hand, um, and so, so they they are playing really good. I'm not necessarily going to say I take them above everybody in the East just yet, even though it's probably true. Um, but uh, yeah, they. I mean, when when the first place team gets smacked seven nothing uh, by somebody from the opposing conference, that's that's not a good sign, really. No matter where the opposing team is in the standings in the other side of the bracket or on the other side. So um I don't think we can we can really get through this week without mentioning a, a seven nothing drubbing. And then what I find funny, so I'm looking at the standings right now, right? And on the right hand side there's like uh, the latest videos. Mm-hmm. Uh USL championship team of the week week nine Charleston Batteries Trey Muse earns player of the week after six save shutout uh to 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 Las Vegas. Um so he gets t- he gets team of the week in week 9. 
Uh, and then he gives up seven goals uh, <laughs> a little bit later. So that's kind of San Antonio is a good club. They are. They haven't been the San Antonio expected due to injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but but they definitely are a good club. Uh, I don't think they're seven goals better than Charleston. At, but sorry, look at the East right now. The top three clubs all have a negative goal differential. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, and then the best goal differential is plus two. Yeah, and then in the West hilarious. you have you have Sacramento at fourteen plus fourteen, San Antonio at plus eleven. Obviously, uh, a lot of that is is a seven goal outburst there. But even if you take those seven goals away, it's still four, still better than anybody in the East. Yeah, um, Loyal's four, El Paso's four, Oakland's five um, somehow plus mm-hmm. five. Uh, Monterey Bay is plus two, um, and us and Phoenix are are nils. I don't expect ours to be extremely positive. Maybe like a plus five, no. plus six, yeah, somewhere in there. But yeah, it would take a a big outburst, you know, against. We're uh, just some clean sheets. Yeah, that too. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, to get it up like where where Sacramento and San Diego, San Antonio are. Yeah, um, it would take like a four or five goal win. Uh, of some kind, whether it's you know four five one six one five nothing four nothing something like that, and and I don't know. If, I mean, I think we have that in us per se, but um, I'm not going to go out and count on it, even if I did predict four nothing this week. Yep, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect that either. But you know, we we go game at a, game at a time. We look at it from week to week, and we look at this league, we look at the club, we look at the performances, and that's what we do. You know, we prognosticate. We we pick, try to pick things apart with the knowledge that we have and the conversations that we have with Zach and the players and, and talking to Pete, who I don't know if you've seen it, but he was wearing a Lagoon Siesta shirt not too long ago. Um, I did not see that. <laughs> Pete was wearing a Lagoon Siesta shirt. Um, and, uh, I, you know, stuff's, stuff's moving. Like, there's stuff coming from the team. There's stuff coming. Uh, I know Pete has uh, actively like talked about potentially a leak coming at some point soon. So, um, real, real quick before we move on from from or move on to Loudon, you were at the match uh, Saturday. I I didn't make it obviously with a newborn. Uh, Earl is is possibly dead. Um, I know he's commenting tonight, but uh, it's far later. There's there's bots that do it. Um, Marlena could be doing it. I don't know. So. Um, it was only like less than 10,000 at that match. Um, Just under, yeah. Was that, how was the energy there? Um, do you attribute that no low number to to weather, to the slow start to the season? Um, or are is it a slight concern that attendance might be dipping after the first few years? I think it was kind of a combination of weather because there were some showers in the area uh they held off for most of the day but there was a, a small amount of rain yeah i saw some rain falling early in the first half yeah at least. It, it wasn't bad though i mean right. it, it really cleared up rather quickly given how how bad it looked mm-hmm. like it looked like it was just going to dump for a while but it didn't but yeah i think it was a combination of that combination of the slow start but other than that i mean it was just under 10 it was like 98 something, 98, 74, I think was the number. Yes. So, exactly. and still not a bad draw. I need to look and see if I, let me try to pull it up while we're talking here to see where that falls. Um, 
for the week, it was probably I'm trying to think of who else played at home because there's really only a couple teams that draw better than that um, mm-hmm. in the USL. But yeah, I think I, I'm not super concerned about it. I was a little, I was upset because I when I first heard the number, I missed the nine thousand, mm-hmm. and I thought they said ten thousand. And somebody in New Mexico United Nation had a little contest um, commenting. If you commented the whoever commented closest to the attendance would get like a, a, a flag or a, a sticker or something like mm-hmm. that. And obviously I don't really, I mean, I have plenty of memorabilia, so I don't necessarily need more, but uh, yeah. I just wanted to be right. And I had said, I, I want to say it was 10,800 and, and 68 or 69. So I thought I was only off by like six. I thought mm-hmm. I had nailed it. And then I went back and listened again because I missed the 9,000 versus the 10,000 and found out I was a thousand short. And so I was a little bitter about that. Um, oh, wow. uh, but um, it, it's obviously still a good number, especially in USL terms. Um, we haven't hit like that 12,000 mark yet this year. Um, and that was something that we would consistently uh do in the past years that we've had full attendance number or full attendance mm-hmm. allowed in there. And so I'm a little, little slightly concerned about that, but it, it's still a good number, like you said. And, and uh, any, most of the other clubs, if not all of them would be happy with that number. Second highest attendance in week 10. So, yeah. Uh, only Lu- City. only Lu- City 11 yeah. two. So Lucy City had a phenomenal turnout over the weekend. Uh, I don't know what, why or why they randomly they've, pulled eleven two? They've like, they've been consistently over ten all year. Yeah, um, no, they have been, and, and we were in our first two games. But you know, um, I know Lou City had a couple games. I think let me see, they're averaging ten eight fifteen. Yeah, so they've probably been under a couple times, but or maybe once. But yeah. Um, by the way, was I like? Did I miss? Uh, some conversation between you and Earl over the weekend, um, about this kit that oh. Earl just mentioned in the comment. Earl's it, uh, just out of the blue. Yeah, Earl out of the blue sent us this uh, a picture. Well, he said, "Is this the kit you oh, were talking about, Seth?" So, so last and, week on the show. Um, oh, last week on the show, I brought up because okay. um, Chanel, uh, Chanel West Coast. Yes. <laughs> sorry um, sorry ignore that that's that she had she had made mention of a Samuel Sanitas foundation kit that oh, was coming out she had posted okay. about it on facebook um and gotcha. so earl sent us a picture yeah yeah i got uh, the picture and stuff and they if, look freaking nice i do like asking if, if you guys can see that it's a little blurry yeah. but yeah basically it's an ex novo sponsored uh yeah. shirt with the square patch instead of oh, the yeah. the shield patch uh yeah, it looks yeah. nice yeah, the Ex Novo with the Somos Unidos Foundation logo. Yeah, it's it looks fantastic. So I don't know if this is the kit that she was talking about. Um, and so that conversation there, it was I like Chanel's more than the more than the, the red. yellow. Yeah, I like the, the red, red yeah. the red and the turquoise, turquoise and the red. yellow. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that one better. So that's what that was about. Um, well, I, I knew what it was about, like as far as the kit. I just he when he asked you if this was the one you were talking about, I, I like scrolled back through the text. Yeah. And was like, <laughs> yeah, I was no, like, it's on the show. Like, They've got hey, them on sale at Ex Novo. There's David. David, David, how you doing, buddy? Glad to have you in the chat. They got them on sale at Ex Novo. Okay. David was uh, 
was lurking. He didn't he usually says hi, uh, but he was just lurking, <laughs> waiting for for something there. Um, yeah, uh, let's let's we've got about ten minutes or so uh, before we kind of get to our hour mark here. So uh, enough uh, nonsense. It wasn't even nonsense not this time. Nonsense. It's amazing yeah. when when Earl's not here, we get the uh, oh, well, that's good. I appreciate I'm glad that. I'm a Braves fan. So. Hey, the Rockies are 12 and seven over their last 19 games. And I don't know where it's coming from. I think we're still in last place pretty comfortably, but uh, we're, we're better than what we were. So um, no nonsense. Damn it, David. Uh, you got to stop trying. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no. And so this is something again, you know, moving looking ahead, Loudon United tomorrow night in, uh, in Virginia. Now, we talked to the guys from Too Loud Adams a couple of years ago. Like one, and of the, one of the Adams. One of the Adams, yeah. Um, we talked to them a couple of years ago about Loud United because we didn't know anything about them. And at the time, you know, what we found, you know, we knew that, you know, Loudon was basically the affiliate for DC United. Mm-hmm. And basically they'd been dealing with a whole bunch of nonsense with DC United basically reaching down, taking all of the, the best talent, you know, cherry mm-hmm. picking, bringing them up to the MLS level. And then, uh, you know, basically leading Loudon kind of flounder. Um, earlier this year, it was announced that DC United sold off a majority share of Loudon United to a new ownership group, mm-hmm. and because of that, some different some different things happened. Uh, they are I don't know how tight the affiliation is with DC United anymore at this point, but because DC United is now no longer a majority owner of Loudon, Loudon was allowed to enter the Open Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've made some signings this offseason, and they look a lot better than they have over the past couple seasons. Can, now, obviously, they're not where, yeah, they, where they would was, like them to be. Can I, can I argue that just a little bit? Sure. I think they looked better. Looked saying. better. Uh, they have lost three in a row. They have, yeah. So, um, I, I would agree with that. They they did look better up until they're they're most recent three matches and uh we have some nonsense calls in the chat so uh i'm still not gonna you know i don't know how much florida boy you know uh can contribute to the nonsense but i mean if you watch the Loudon matches and this is again because we because of the history we've had and, and looking at loud and from an outsider's perspective i went back through i looked at some of these matches and they genuinely look pretty solid they do. Um, they do. Again, again, they've lost three in a row, but this is a team that's come a long way from what we've seen over the past couple of years. And, and I think so. Even going back to the last couple of years, like I think they've always shown glimpses when they've had the players. Uh, but you talked about you know DC United coming down and and poaching guys here and there, so they've always had rough patches like that. And so I think the this kind of level of play has always been there. And we're really just now seeing it really come to fruition because they have talent that they're keeping there and not uh, uh, losing, uh, not having a rotating cast of players coming in and out of there. So um, when you get guys, uh, Zach Ryan, uh, there was a a really good article. um, Was it on? Can't remember if it was. Yeah, yeah, it's right here, actually. on on the USL Championship website about uh, I'm going to butcher the name, but um, Panos Armenakis, um, who's a, a attacking player for them, um, and, and 
what he's done there. So, I mean, Zach Ryan has seven appearances and five goals. So he's obviously been, been finishing like he's supposed to. Uh, and so you see so when you get players like that, that aren't bouncing up and down or, or aren't catching fire like this at this time last year, uh, if there was a player on Loudon that had five goals through seven appearances, he would probably be with DC United uh, by now. And so being able to keep those players there and get that, you know, consistency with the roster and, and build that chemistry with, with all the players, obviously they've lost three in a row. So something's going a a little sideways there, but um, it's, it's a team that has, you know, a three-one win against Memphis, uh, a three-nothing win against Birmingham Legion, who is currently sitting second in the East, um, a two-nothing win against Oakland, who we just talked about having a plus-five goal differential. Um, now they they did lose to Phoenix three-one. Uh, they did lose to Indy eleven, which is real bad because Indy eleven has not been good. Um, and then they lost respectively to El Paso in El Paso on an 89th uh, minute goal there. So um, it's not like the sky is falling necessarily. Uh, the Indy 11 match doesn't look uh, great on paper, but other than that, they're, they're still a quality team. Uh, they're sitting above the playoff line at the moment, even with those three losses in a row, uh, 10 points through nine matches. So we were actually higher than them um, in, in points and points per game or points per match right now. But, um, it's, it's definitely a game going over there, especially that, um, David, David, Uh, I I was surprised you didn't see it. I popped it up on the screen. I was, I was looking, I was at the, the standings and stat page for, for them. So I missed it, but, uh, but yeah, um, we, it's, it's definitely not one that we can overlook. Uh, but it is it is one that is definitely gettable um, uh, to get three points on the road or or at least come out of there with a draw. So I'm I'm optimistic. David Petbridge Farm remembers. Was it, was that the last? I thought we had played Loudon once since then. Uh, no, that's the one and only. I believe that's the one and only time we've played Loudon. Mm. Anyways, um, yeah, that that the that red card that wasn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, such a stupid. And then, game. not only that, it was just the officiating altogether was just absolutely shit. Yeah, that guy was terrible. Um, just terrible. Absolutely yeah, terrible. Uh, the uh, the twenty twenty one the Mexico United Wikipedia page. They ended the month with a 1-0 loss at home to Atlantic Division opponents, Loudoun United FC, in which Austin Yearwood was sent off with a straight red in the 23rd minute. I mean, there have been some really bad officiating performances. That Loudoun, that hands down. Mm-hmm. Hands down. One of the worst calls I've ever seen. I mean, that match was just awful. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, they... What Loudon is doing, what, what Ryan Martin, the head coach over there, what that new ownership group is doing, I mean, hats off to them. I mean, they really are. Now they're able to have a stable group of players, guys who are developing and coming up through the system. You know, I mean, Zach Ryan playing really well. You've got, they brought in Hugo Faru, a guy that we're familiar with, a uh, guy who played play for Charleston Battery in 2022, who we put two goals past um, in a 2-0 victory over Charleston Battery. But, I mean, they've got some quality talent over there 
And I really like watching them play. And this could be an interesting matchup tomorrow night. Um, I think for us, if we continue, to, I think rest of the key is going to be that center back play from Kalen and, and Will. If those two guys can can hold down that area, if we can continue the strong rotations and that we see through that back four, I think we're going to be able to lock down that area and really keep Loudon from creating chances inside the 18. Yeah. Um, if, if we come out, the bottom line, if we come out and we play like we did against Monterey Bay um, uh, on both sides of the, uh, in possession and out of possession, then we should come away with three points. Uh, I, I would say that if we play like we did against Monterey Bay um, against the majority of teams in the USL, we should come away with three points. Um, and so that's what I'm hoping for. Our road uh, story right now for this year is just uh, not great. So that has me worried a little bit. trying to get to what we actually are on the road because i think we have one win uh one win three losses and a draw um and that win was against miami the first match of the season uh and then the draw came against rgv after two late stoppage time goals so not great uh recently on the road but um again that rgv match uh could be considered a turning point uh depending on how we come out and play against loudon um then we come out we get loudon uh, and we get 10 days off and we play um, San, Antonio. San Antonio in San Antonio on the 27th. So that's going to be a huge game. Yeah. And uh, and so this louder match, uh, because we have 10 days off, I think hopefully we won't overlook them to think about San Antonio and we can come in and and just have a solid performance and, and get a win there. Yeah, I think this is one where... I, I, I kind of expect at least a point. I would love to say all three, mm-hmm. but given uh, he mentioned our, our form on the road has not been great. I mean, it, it honestly, the win against Miami, not great. Um, yeah, we didn't look good. We really didn't. Well, the offense didn't look good. The defense yeah. looked really good, but yeah, that is also our only clean sheet of the season. That is true. Um, Until yeah, it's tomorrow. There you Spoiler go. Alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Jacob has been to the future, folks. My prediction is coming true. <laughs> uh, he he's seen the future. Earl's already said three nil uh, in the chat. So I mean, yeah, it, it, this is this is a big opportunity for United again. You know, cross conference play. I think it's a chance for us to go up against a team that isn't right now in the playoffs position. Mm-hmm. You know, in playoff position for the for Eastern Conference and really continue to build momentum I mean, three matches unbeaten going into this here against the club that's been that's building to something now whether or not they remain competitive for the rest of the year whether or not they say the playoffs i don't know i think there's a possibility there but this is a chance again this is where we need to step up we it, it's not one of the top tier you know it's they're not you know a tier one club right but this is one of the ones, what, ones that we should expect a result against, whether it's home or away. Well, and it's it's if we were playing them earlier in the season, I'm thinking you know we'd be lucky to get a draw. But um, them coming off of three losses, that you know they're reeling, they're hurting. Um, a, a good team will go in there and 
and keep them down instead of giving them a reason to to try to turn their season around. And I like Loudon, honestly. I I I, I hate um, uh, Ryan Martin's stupid flat bill hats. Um, Terrible. But but uh, I do like Loudon, and, and part of that is because of Adam uh, when we had him on a couple of years ago. But um, I don't want them to turn their turn their luck around right now. Um, right. Next week, they can get yeah, it next week. We should be coming in there and 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 you know holding them down and and getting a at, at least a point, like you said. But I, I think we'll come out of there with three. Um, if if the if the team from Orange County, Monterey Bay, if the home team shows up on the road. If our home version of our team shows up out there on the road, we will get three points, I think, pretty easily. Um, if the road team shows up, uh, yeah, we'll see. But um, I, I think I think that RGV match, the way it ended, giving us is going to give us some momentum going on the road against Loudon, and, and I think we come out on top there. And, and a good team is going to do exactly that. So I, right. I, I do think we are a good team. So I, I say one nil. One nil. Okay, not too high on the offense there this week. No, I, I think I think it's time. Like going on the road and getting a, a a win and three points with how our road form has been is asking a lot. Uh, so I'm not going to come in there and be like, "Hey, it's asking a lot," and I'm going to predict three nothing. Uh, that's that that might be asking a little bit too much. So I think I think a, a nice solid you know score maybe thirty eight. 39th minute um get into halftime with that lead and then and then be able to to push when we need to push we might have a couple other chances but at the end of the day i think one nothing is is what i'm hoping for and looking for uh because we need a clean sheet we need a clean sheet desperately and i i think these own goals and deflected goals and this all the shit that we've had to uh have happened to us so far this season maybe we get uh, a couple breaks there and and the the bounces start to go our way there for once this season. So I'm going to uh, coming off of my correct scoreline prediction from Saturday evening. Uh, you know, I did say two one United over Monterey Bay. Okay. Here's the deal. All right. Here's my deal. <laughs> Every time somebody guesses the score correctly on this podcast, you know what the score is? Two one. <laughs> so until somebody goes out on a limb and says three nil, four nil, one nil, uh, one one, something like that, that's right, uh, and ends up being correct on it, I don't want to hear about your two one. Oh, I was right, two one. That's the most common scoreline that's ever been played in soccer. I don't want to hear it anymore. Um, yeah, you know that being said, I, I did correctly predict it last week. I do feel like again, we, we just mentioned this is a team that we should go out and beat. A team that we should go out and say, "Hey, you know, we're we are competitive. We're going to 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 play our way into the playoffs. We're going to make a statement here. We're going to pick up some points in these matches that we have at hand." And while while points within conference are more valuable, picking up these out of conference points is going to be massive another big portion of, of the way things turn out down the road. Um, I, I look at this and I see, I see us going in for, again, Hugo Fru does not have a great track record against us. I think Loudon's defense is a little bit porous. 
I do think their offense can cause some issues. But again, if Kalen and Will lock down the center of the center of the back line, if you see the rotations happening, if you see guys picking up areas where they, you know, when those when the back line does slide over, I think we shut Loudon out. I'm gonna say two nil United on the road tomorrow night. Nice, nice. So, all right. Maybe maybe I should change mine to two one so I can brag about getting the score right. <laughs> well, you know what? When, when my score line comes up right tomorrow, then uh, if you if it. you get it right tomorrow, I'll give it to you. <laughs> okay. If it's two nil, I'll be like, all right, kudos. Uh, but enough of this two one. Oh, look at me, crap. <laughs> all right, um, Jacob. We have hit an hour now. Do appreciate mm-hmm. you being here. Do you have any closing thoughts before we get out of here for this evening? Uh, not tonight. No, not to- okay. Very you? well. Um, I, I, I get just happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. I know I had a fantastic weekend. Uh, it was really, really enjoyable. Uh, so guys, uh, get out. Uh, again, next home match June third. Still got a while. Got a while until the next home match June third against El Paso though. El Paso. Devin oh, Sandoval night. So. Nice. Go get uh, your and the, the match tomorrow is at five uh, mountain time uh, because we're playing on the East coast. So um, do not forget about that because um, there's a half chance that I do uh, and miss uh, the first few minutes, but it is at 5 PM mountain time. Um, I, I can't go live at seven 30, but I could maybe do a, a recap later than that. Uh, if you want to Seth, um we can talk about that off air and we will let you know via our social media platforms if we're going to go live or not but um so yeah five o'clock tomorrow uh we play loud and we're hoping for three points then we get uh 10 days off before traveling to san antonio and so we will be back possibly tomorrow for a live reaction but maybe since there's nothing going on this weekend uh we wait till till tuesday of next week to to react to that and to preview San Antonio, we will talk about that off air and decide and let you guys know. But um, one last prediction real quick. One last prediction of three nil. I was just sent a prediction of three nil. So does she watch the games? I'm not, I'm not shitting on her. I'm just asking because I don't know. Maybe she's on something. She's watching. She's watching right now. (laughs) If no, no, not the show. I know games. No, wait. So yes. Okay. We, we watch the game Saturday. Okay, if she wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you did say she was on a plane. Yes, and you just said we watched the game. Was yes. she at the game? Yes. I would have gone if you had told me that part. What the hell? <laughs> no, this this was this is uh this is not a meet the friends. This was you know, yeah. We will be talking off air for sure, my friend, <laughs> for sure. Um, so. If she gets it right, she will be on the pod uh, to replace Earl uh, next week. Because, <laughs> I, don't know. I agree. I agree with that. Absolutely. Even though Earl did also predict 3-0. Um, I'm still not convinced it's Earl. I have not seen his face. Um, I have not seen his Well, I guess I saw his face last week when I chimed in a little bit. So never mind. But okay, back on track. Uh, David, Earl, Harry, um, thank you uh, over there in the chats uh, on both Facebook and YouTube. Um, we will be back either tomorrow or next Tuesday. Uh, again, five o'clock tomorrow, uh, facing Lunauded, Lunauded, Lunauded United. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, 
telling you, don't have four kids. Your brain turns to mush. Um, I got two. I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> um, uh, facing Loudoun United over at Segra Field in Virginia. Um, your face just looked like, I don't know what that face was. It's like surprised and... <laughs> Oh, oh, the kid caught. Ooh, okay. No, no, let's, no, no, no. Let's no, end no. it. No, no, no. Let's end it. Uh, no so kids. we can talk. No let's kids, let's no. end it so we can talk off air. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much. Uh, we will be back. Uh, and until we're back, uh, whenever we're back, Somos Nino. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.